If you hear the still pans in Reading, you always know that my next guest on the tea time sofa, Mary Jenis, is behind them. Founder and artistic director of Culture Mix Arts, Mary is well known for her musical entertainment and education in the African Caribbean arts. She knows how to get the carnival started. Mary founded Culture Mix Arts in the late 80s, which is a still pan specialist organization with award-winning band Reading All Steel Percussion Orchestra. And now this week, coming opens Culture Mix Arts and Music Centre on Queen's Walk, Broad Street Mall, Reading. So let's find out more about the exciting times ahead. Mary, welcome to Tea Time with me. How are you? Thank you for inviting me, Ali. I'm delighted to be here. This sounds like so much fun. It is. It is just fun, Mary. So, so no worries there. So, sounds like you've really been busy because I mean, it's been you know quite sort of catastrophic, isn't it, for a lot of people in theatre and arts over the pandemic. But things have picked up for you now. Well, I think theatre and the arts and music have suffered the most because that's where people gather. That's when we all want to be together. And the COVID-19 and, and the pandemic and the lockdown has really decimated that. We've been fortunate enough that we do a lot of work in school. So uh, we transferred that to online. And now we've um, got a new space. So we're opening up the Culture Mix Arts and Music Centre. And we are so excited. We open next week. And it's really exciting to have our own space and be able to do all our projects like Reading All Steel Percussion Orchestra, RASPO, we can have rehearsals and even maybe little showcase events as well. And we've got the Reading Reggae Collective. We've got our music academy where we teach people how to play guitar, drums and all the other instruments. And it's um, the potential for growth is just huge and we are just beyond ourselves with excitement about this yeah no I mean it it's been a work in progress though let's face it hasn't it since you set up um Raspo as well in 1997 so yeah I mean Raspo was was set up as a community project to engage people in carnival, to get people involved in learning about steel pans and learning about costumes and mass and pan as it's called in carnival and how that relates and, and the context of it within carnival. And it started out as a project and now here we are, uh, you know, 20 odd years later uh, with an award-winning steel band in Reading. You are, which is definitely what I think, you know, I mean, I, you're, you are involved in Reading in many different ways. I mean, you're trustee for the arts charity Jelly, aren't you? And um, you're also, uh, what's the other charity, Reading? 
that you Reading Refocus Black yeah. Mentoring Charity. Yeah. yeah. So I'm the well, chair of that. And I'm also on the board of Carnival Village Trust, which is a national charity that runs Notting Hill Carnival. So that's quite a big deal, that one, you know. And, um, you know, I love doing that work because it, it's it's about giving something back and, and being able to bring your expertise and your knowledge um, to, to other areas and meeting like-minded people who share, share your enthusiasm for carnival. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I mean, we met, didn't we, through my children. Oh. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> didn't we, at Walfords and Wickham? Just remind me, Ali, I don't remember, remind me. Yeah, when uh, Will and Lauren used to go to Walford and Wickham years ago and you came in, we briefly met and then through, because, you know, we both know Florence Rostron. Um, and I know we've kind of got lost on the way because, you know, we've seen each other so much now because of our connection with Reading. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all that wonderful, you know, opportunities that you've given many many school children across the boards you know and it brings kids together doesn't it really it brings all cultures together in terms of you know being able to, to play steel pans together it's watching the impact on the children that is the most rewarding thing of all Ali because you know you see a child they may be a little bit shy or they they feel that they're they they're not naturally musical or they maybe they don't play another instrument and uh, we put them in front of a steel pan and for many children this is the first time they're playing a musical instrument and um they're amongst other children who maybe play um, more traditional instruments like violin or piano or guitar and it puts everybody on the same level playing field and enables everyone regardless of their background their ability their knowledge of music or lack of it to be able to play you don't need to be able to read music it's a perfect gateway instrument yeah it is a perfect gateway instrument and I've listened I've been you know, part of some wonderful performances by just being in the audience. And it is just been phenomenal. I could, you know, think of all the schools that we went to and just, yeah. you know, wasn't it the hexagon as well that, mm. you know, we went to, to to watch you live. And and that was fantastic. So, I mean, you really, really are a community person, aren't you? I'm really into, I really believe that you should, if you share um your passions with others and find other people who are also inspired by that just I've been inspired by so many people I see so many wonderful things that inspires me and I kind of want to do the same it's not about me inspiring people I think it's about letting your light shine and being seen being heard and that's how you can be appreciated and I see how that that process really influences especially with children influences their confidence and their their, their self-belief and their pride within their own achievements it hugely influences them and uh, benefits and uh, benefits them in terms of growth in terms of confidence and as I said self-belief and that's that's that can have 
a huge impact on your future, on how you approach your, your life and, and what you feel you're capable of doing. And if, if I can do something to help raise somebody's confidence or to encourage them to be the best you can be, because sometimes that's all you need. You just need a bit of encouragement. You just need someone to say, yeah, come on, you can do it. You can, you can be this, you can play in front of an audience, you can perform with an orchestra, you can play a musical instrument, or you can wear a carnival costume and dance in the carnival, and you can be part of the community activities. And it is a basic human right, you know, and I think the Declaration of Human Rights, it certainly declares that one should be able to take part in a community activity activities and be part of society and feel like you belong. This is so important, especially for young people. And especially in these times, Ali, when we've all been, you know, held back from all the our usual activities. We can't go out. We couldn't go out. We couldn't go to festivals. We couldn't go to concerts or the theatre or let alone engage in activities. And I think now is that opportunity for people people to really show what they can do and emerge like butterflies to yeah. um, show off their wonderful selves after all this awfulness that we've had to endure. Absolutely. Do you know what? I wish, Mary, that you had been around, you know, but I mean, we're probably about the same age. <laughs> I doubt you. it. <laughs> I'm probably <laughs> considerably older than you, oh, Ali. Wow. I'm sure I am. You're probably the age of my daughter. <laughs> oh, bless me. Well, whatever age you are, you, you look fabulous anyway. Thank you. So do you. Oh, bless you. But I mean, the, the thing about, you know, being part of a carnival and having the steel pans and everything, it's really about expression, isn't it? Just being able to express yourself. And that is all it is, really. That's why it's something that you elect to do. You decide to do for yourself. You don't need. Yeah, I talk about encouragement. You only need encouragement to to have the to to have the confidence to do it. As long as you want to, uh, that's the main thing. But being involved in carnival and and doing performances on a float at carnival with the steel band or in any setting is just hugely, hugely exciting. And I see people's faces, they cannot believe that they're they're getting this opportunity to actually play at a real carnival. Because every year we do Notting Hill, but there's so many other carnivals as well that we either attend or play at. You know, and uh, and I think that the, the opportunity carnival encapsulates that um, bringing people together, regardless of background, colour, creed or age, or, you know, celebrating all cultures together and doing it in a way that shows off your own culture, whether it be through your music or through your costume or your dance. Again, you're getting the opportunity to really showcase what you do and show that to the rest of the world. Because I believe this this is how uh, tolerance 
builds. People mm. are more tolerant of different cultures if they have mm. a better understanding of it, if they see the beauty of it, they see the passion behind it, they hear the music and can feel the intensity of that joy that it brings to the people who are performing or playing the music. For me, that's really infectious. And I really love that about the arts in general, music and the arts in general. Yeah, I can tell. I mean, it, you you know, you can just, you breathe it, basically, don't you? It's like, you know, um, it, it's, it's part of you. It's a part of your joy as well. And, you know, I mean, you produce some amazing stuff as well. You really do. So, um, and, you know, when did actually Culture Mix really start coming together? Well, it's interesting, you know, Ali, because I set Culture Mix up many years ago it was back in the late 80s and I set it up because um, I was working as a tour manager in the summer in Europe and in the winter I would make posh frocks for spring weddings and Ascot and Windsor races all these kind of really grand events I would make these fabulous ball gowns for people from wedding dresses right through um, to cocktail ball gowns, evening wear for special occasions, TV. That's thing. what you were, fashion and costume designer, weren't I you? I was a fashion and costume designer for many years before yeah. I became uh, involved <laughs> in... I always, I've always been involved in carnival, but I, the focus on carnival changed. And then um, it got to a point where I really wanted to be able to employ people. I thought, what can you do that's really going to have a real impact? on on your fellow man on your colleagues how can you help people what do people need people need food they need shelter they need housing shelter and housing they need a job they need all these basic needs love family all those basic needs and I thought I I set myself a challenge and the challenge was can I create employment for one person, if I can create employment for one person other than myself, I will really feel like I've done something useful and made the tiniest, minusculest bit of difference to, to making the world, as grandiose as that might sound, a better place, or even our community a better place. And for me, that became my drive, was to create an organisation that um, could employ people uh, in a job that they would love in music and the arts, mm -hmm. that had sustainability, that gave people confidence and helped them develop, develop not only their creative talents, but their business talents. And the combination of the creativity and the business, I think, really does resonate with many people because people often separate the two things. You're either talented in a creative way or you're, um, you know, if you're not talented, you're into business. Do you know what I mean? But you can't possibly do both. Uh, whereas um, when you combine the two, having 
your talents develop really opens your mind and your thinking and you're you're much more receptive to understanding how business works and we think at culture mix we think it's really important that people who are talented don't just develop their talents but they develop their talent in a way that they can it can become sustainable they can understand the business for instance the music business the theater business the arts the carnival, whatever it is, everything can be a business without taking away from the culture and the traditions of, of talent development and of expressing yourself through your music or through your dance, your art, your lyrics, your spoken word. You know, we, we, we run, not only run RASPO, but we also run the Reading Reggae Collective, which is a fairly new project. And we're working with Grammy Award winner, Don Chandler, who's leading the project. And the Reggae Collective is similar to RASPO, but instead of steel pan, it's about reggae. People need to be able to play an instrument. And the idea is, is that we pull together this collective of people who can go out and do performances and showcase the best of Reading's reggae artists to the rest of the country and the world. That's fantastic. And now it's got a new base from next week, isn't it? The Broad yeah. Street Mall, which is basically bang centre in the middle of Reading, isn't it? Right bang centre <laughs> in the middle of <laughs> Hallelujah. And it's it's on Queen's Walk. So it's on the outside of Broad Street Mall. So we're not restricted by the shop closing times inside. We can operate basically 24-7, you know, um, sound and noise permitting. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're really excited and we're looking at, at how we're going to schedule our opening times. Um, you know, it's going to be less of a shop and more of a centre, more of a space where you can come and experience African-Caribbean culture. You can come and meet people who are professionals within music and the arts and uh, be inspired, engage and participate in the work we're doing, workshops, um, sessions, rehearsals. You can come and learn about business or learn about music. You can learn about carnival. You can engage in playing with an orchestra. There's so many things you're going to be able to do at our new centre. We're so excited. Oh, that's just brilliant. So have you got grants and funding as well? Well, we're a national portfolio organisation. And what this means is that the Arts Council of England, which is the main arts funder yeah. in the UK, the Arts Council of England fund us regularly over a period of, of three or four years. And this means you can really plan. So instead of applying for the, for the project funding, as most people do, where you might run a project, <clears throat> excuse me, you might run a project for, say, three months or six months. This gives you years to really develop and strengthen uh, your work. And the portfolio, the national portfolio, is made up of the most prestigious of organisations that we feel really honoured to be Aww. mingling with, like <laughs> the Royal Shakespeare Company, the Royal Opera House, and all these super grand organisations who are 
so much more established than us. We're little minnows in comparison to them. But at the same time, there's about 800 plus organizations on the Arts Council of England's national portfolio. And they, and this is the Arts Council's words, represent the very best of British art and culture for the rest of the world to well um, enjoy. Well It's always been a real dream of mine. So to be on that portfolio means a huge amount. And to be honest, it's been on the NPO, which is the acronym for National Portfolio Organisation. Being on, that, on the Arts Council's NPO meant uh, that we could survive the whole lockdown, the whole COVID thing, um, when uh, things got dangerous for us, we got the support we needed uh, because we are regularly funded. We were able to continue and did not go under like many of our colleague organisations did. Um, so, you know, for us, we're really grateful that, that the Arts Council funding and funding from the Cultural Recovery Fund as well enabled us to, to survive. Without that, it's absolutely no question about it, we would not be here. So that saved us and it has enabled us to get a place and to really build now to, to a sustainable point to build a future that can be there, hopefully for generations to come. Oh, I do you know what, congratulations, Mary, because I'm sure it will be, definitely. I, I mean, so. yeah, if you think back, you know, to how far, culture mix has developed from the late 1980s. I mean, first of all, as you said, it kind of started out with costumes and, you know, cultural costumes. And then where did it go from there? How did it sort of- Well, um, I, whilst I was doing costumes and posh frocks, I was also, I've always been a musician. Uh, so I was also working as a tour manager for, the, uh, for, a, for a council, a French council in um in northern france and so i used to take steel bands and reggae bands to places like paris dunkirk um to perform because it was cheaper for for the french count music council to bring those cultural bands from britain than it was to bring them from from the caribbean so i kind of orchestrated and coordinated that it was a job i did for many years i worked with artists as well so i took my own band that's how i got the job i could speak reasonable french and i was touring regularly in these places with my own band um, so I had my own reggae band at the time and uh, I also played in a steel band so I was able to take them, them over to France and other bands so that gradually grew and the work I was doing with workshops and helping people to develop that grew as well and um, I just I just decided that I wanted to work for myself, that I'd never run a business. I didn't really have anyone in my family that ran business, but I really wanted a challenge. And I thought, I wonder if I can do it. I had no idea how, I had no idea where to start. So I just mentioned it to any- You had the why, you had the why. I you? had the why, but I'd mention it to friends and people I knew and, 
you know, people say, oh, I know someone that can help you. I, I know someone that's done a similar thing. Mm -hmm. And gradually, you know, people supported and helped me. And now those people are on my board or they're patron for my, my steel orchestra for Raspo. So the same people that helped me back then are now the people who support uh, my growing organization and the six people who are now employed by Culture Mix. So for me, this is hugely important. That's amazing. So yeah, basically, well, I know this anyway, because, you know, we, we have, you know, in my previous TV life, we have interviewed you as well, haven't we? As yes, well as indeed. Hung out at lots of different events and listened to your amazing music. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, you've got a, a really good sort of culture mix family there, haven't you? Definitely. You know, and I think culture mix, the work, I mean, the, the name of the organisation is Culture Mix Arts. Uh, but the fact that it is culture mix is the word in there. It does epitomise um, the, the mixture of culture, the, the, the diversity within which we live, wherever we live, there's diversity, whether it's age, religion, background, yeah. Yeah. you know, ideals, um, let alone if you come from different parts of the world. So culture mix art says what it, 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 you know, does what it says on the tin. It encourages people of all cultures to, to share the joy, especially of African Caribbean culture with its roots, uh, carnival roots in the Caribbean and in places like Brazil with the roots of reggae in Africa and, and again in the Caribbean. So you've got all these nuances that give you this diversity and this this newness this freshness that is so uplifting and um you know brings so much joy that that it's really worth I think exploring we've got books about different cultures that people are free to share with us and so many things that we want to want to share with our community and with everyone Oh, yeah, no, that, that's lovely. And it's always good to learn about other people's cultures. And as you said, you know, that really does break down barriers as well, doesn't it, with people, I think, if they understand, you know, where they've come from, what they're into, and definitely the arts and music is, is something that really resonates with absolutely everybody, doesn't it, you know? It really does because, you know, through music, uh, music, even if you don't understand the words, the music is a language in itself and it's, it bridges all languages, I think, and it's a really good way to understand different cultures, seeing, hearing people's music, seeing their costumes, seeing the way they dance and seeing their cultures uh, through the music is is fabulous and I think it does increase tolerance you know it, oh, it, it diminishes prejudice it stops people yeah. being prejudiced when they have a better understanding of an unusual people are usually prejudiced be out of ignorance isn't it Ali they don't know oh, about that culture and and they feel um uncertain about you know the elements the different traditions and that take place and and we're really into um yes you have got to address those concerns you have got to address the fact that there is prejudice there is racial divides in our communities 
Uh, but the more joy you bring in, the better for everyone. And the more people can uh, relate and understand and, and be less prejudiced towards others. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're just all skin and bones, aren't we, Mary? Do you know what I mean? We all bleed <laughs> the same blood. It's all red. Yes, yeah. uh, you know, we are we are the same. But it's nice to have um, that feeling of individuality. I'm very proud uh, that my both my parents were from Trinidad in the Caribbean and I've adopted the culture. I was born here, but I've adopted the culture so much so that my business kind of revolves around the culture of Trinidad in terms, particularly the steel band, uh, steel pans and the steel band, but so does the the music from Jamaica, the music of the Carib um, uh, reggae music from Jamaica. And uh, we work with, with Brazilian afoche rhythms, which are very similar, that comes via Nigeria. So you've got all these influences through Jamaica, Trinidad, Africa, Brazil, all the continents. I have to say, I feel quite jealous actually. I think Trinidad is beautiful. Oh, it is, it is. I think it's beautiful. That's because yeah. I'm originally from there and that's where the steel pans come from. But there are many beautiful places in the Caribbean and in the world. And I think if we just look hard enough, we'll see the beauty in those places, despite sometimes the tribulations uh, that are happening. Even in Reading, hey. Even in Reading, <laughs> definitely in Reading. I mean, when I, you know, I, I moved to Reading and to me, Reading was bursting with talent and creative people. I was like so inspired and uplifted by um, what was going on in Reading back when I first moved here 20 odd years ago, uh, you know, and, and really wanted to create opportunities for those people, especially uh, people who are maybe a little bit more disadvantaged than others, like yeah. people of color, people maybe with, um, you know, neurodiverse folk, that, that they would also have opportunities to flourish and excel just as everybody else does. I'm welcome, gonna pop down. Welcome everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna pop down and see you. Definitely. Oh, you'd be most welcome and as would anybody. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I don't I just really want to come down and um yeah I do you know what I've never ever played the steel bands. I'd love to. I mean, you have not lived, my dear. I you know. Should, you I should know. have a go. I mean, the good thing about the centre is that you can come in and the steel pans are there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. You can have a play, have a little go. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Definitely. I know. It would. It would. So, oh, fabulous. Well, look, do you know what? Thank you so much for coming on Tea Time today and good luck. When is it? Are you actually It's a week tomorrow. So we open on the 9th. Um, we've got a launch. The launch is on the 9th and then we're open. We won't be open like nine to five. It's more likely to be, um, you know, lunchtime, afternoon until later. So we'll probably occupy the similar, similar opening hours to a, 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 a bistro restaurant. 
Um, but it'd be a space for experiences. So we want people to come and have experience. We've got a booking system set up on Eventbrite and all of that information will be in the window so people can see exactly what's on offer. And hopefully it will pique their interest and they'll book, book, a, book a space, which they do go quite quickly, uh, book a space and come and join us and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds amazing, definitely. As I said, I'm definitely coming down. My children have done it. You talk oh, about still pan, so I've got Now it's your pan. turn. Now it's your turn. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, well, thank well, you so much for inviting me today. I really appreciate it, and I hope... Um, you know, everything goes really well with your podcast, which I'm sure it is already, um, you know, and that we'll, we'll get together when you come to the shop, we'll, we'll chat some more and have a wonderful time. I'm sure we will, Mary. You take care now. Bye. Thank you, Ali. Bye-bye. Look forward to chatting with my next guest on the Tea Time Sofa this time next Saturday. In the meantime, if you would love to get in touch about having a chat with me, you can reach me on teatime at forthenow.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram on Tea Time with AM. Bye for now.